Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. When looking at the life of Adolf Hitler, yes, the Hitler, the infamous Nazi leader, there are a couple of details you might remember from history class that seem sort of odd. For one, he wanted to be an artist, but was rejected from art school. This violent dictator was also a vegetarian. The fact that Hitler did not eat meat is surprising for a lot of people, and that included historian Corinna Tritel. This is something that German historians tend to make jokes out of because there are so many more important things that you can say about Hitler, right, and what he did to Germany and and in Europe. But this thing about Hitler being a vegetarian kept on bugging me. And so I, I started reading about it, and I realized that there was this much longer history of a German fascination with natural eating um, that wasn't just a Nazi story that I could tell. She tells the story in her recently completed book, Eating Nature in Modern Germany, Food, Agriculture, and Environment. It begins before Hitler in the mid-19th century. The Industrial Revolution was just arriving in Germany, and with industrialization came new types of foods. So this is the emergence of um, packaged breads, processed flours, white flour breads. Um, All those kinds of things weren't really available to consumers before the mid-19th century, or at least in any affordable um, way. And by the end of the 19th century, all of these things were suddenly available to consumers, not just in Germany, but all over the all over the world. All in all, Germans were excited about industrialization. But there was also concern about whether these new foods and new ways of life were good for health. Germans began to be very worried about how were they going to live naturally and healthfully in a modern industrial society. Some of these concerned Germans started what's known as the life reform movement. Life reformers wanted to find a way to live more naturally in this industrialized world. Everything from what they wore or didn't wear, to their spiritual beliefs, to their beliefs about sex and food, it was all about getting back to nature. From an American 21st century standpoint, they look a lot like hippies. Examples of life reformers would be um, nature doctors, so doctors who practiced um, naturopathy or natural healing techniques. Nudists were a big part of the movement. Being naked was considered a natural way of being in the world. Um, Vegetarians were a big part of the movement. Eating no meat and eating all fruits and vegetables and grains was considered a more natural and healthful way to feed yourself. So those are some good examples of life reformers. So picture these life reformers frolicking naked through the German countryside, and then picture the Nazis. At least for me, these images do not line up. It does not make sense to have these side by side. But within the life reform movement, there were ideas about health, and especially ideas about food, that German political groups, including the Nazis, found appealing. The Nazis, they didn't like some of the kookier claims that life reformers made, but the practices that they came up with turned out to be just the kind of tools they needed in order to fight another war, build a strong Germany, become a military power. Because the foods that life reformers promoted were not only healthy, 
At the time, they were also pretty cheap. Eating naturally meant eating organic foods. It also meant eating no meat, eating a vegetarian diet. Um, and if you think about Germany as a country that doesn't have particularly excellent agricultural resources, eating no meat is an extremely efficient way to feed a growing industrial population. On top of that, the science behind why these foods were good for you was starting to be understood. One of the things that fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, whole wheat bread all have is lots of vitamins. Um, and vitamins in the 1920s and 30s were the big new kind of nutritional health element. Uh, and the Germans were doing very interesting research on this, Americans, British, everybody was doing research and trying to figure out how do we get more vitamins into our population. Um, and the Nazis decided that encouraging their population to eat more naturally was a way to do that. So when the Nazis took power in 1933, this push for natural eating was a big deal. Right away, they started pushing this message about the importance of eating healthy foods. They were not subtle about it. I mean, the Nazis were masters of propaganda and mass education, so they had um, traveling health exhibits. There were posters of Hitler. You know, They would show Hitler looking really strong, and the, the bottom would say something like, I eat no meat, I do not smoke, and I do not drink, and I, I am able to work 15 hours a day. But posters weren't enough. They took the message in person from town to town, kitchen to kitchen. The Nazis um, also had a housewives association, and uh, every little town would have a branch of the housewives association, and those branches would offer cooking classes that emphasized, you know, cooking a lot with fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, only buying whole wheat bread or rye bread, even better, because rye grows really well on German soil. Medical professionals and policymakers were also targeted. Around this time, chronic illnesses like cancer and diabetes were becoming society's main killers, instead of infectious diseases like tuberculosis and cholera. These natural foods were seen as ways to stay healthy in the new era. And everybody got the message. You know, they preach to physicians, you need to convert to life reform practices and be a model to your patients. Uh, stop smoking, right? In the, in the clinic, you need to show people how to live healthfully. Uh, so there was a lot of propaganda and a lot of energy devoted to getting the word out. In today's world, this sounds like a massive public health campaign. But we're still talking about the Nazis. For this group, the public and public health had a very different meaning. And really, so did health. Today, when we choose to eat healthy foods, it's usually for pretty personal reasons. Sometimes we want to lose weight, have more energy, avoid getting sick, or just feel better. For the Nazis, this massive effort to promote health was about something very different. The Nazis actually aspired to kind of reach into your insides and remake you, right, for the good of the state. Um, they were not interested in liberal concepts of uh, individualism. Yeah, so that's a big contrast with our own American notions about why you might choose to eat this way. Natural eating was a German's duty, and not because it made you live longer or feel better. The Nazis cared about the health of the nation, and for them, that meant the health of a certain race. All of the posters and cooking classes were directed at one group, and one group only. 
The Nazis were also obsessed with racial health. They wanted to create an empire that would last a thousand years, that would be full of very healthy German bodies uh, who would be excellent soldiers, able to dominate the entire continent, if not the entire world. And everybody else was either going to be used up, literally their body was going to be used up in the service of building this 1,000-year empire, um, or simply exterminated. Here's where the story takes the darker turn that you would expect from the Nazis. While actively promoting the health of some people, they were purposefully destroying the health of others. The other side of this story in the Nazi period, of course, is that a lot of the experiments about natural foods and farming were done either on the bodies or by the bodies of enslaved peoples. It's horrifying. There was actually an organic herb farm in Dachau, the first concentration camp set up in Nazi Germany. It blew my mind a little bit when I heard that. It was an experimental farm meant to try out different ways of growing and packaging foods. So organic farming is very labor-intensive, um, and the Nazis used slave labor. It was very cheap. They could physically use up these people and either kill them. Some of them were sent off to other camps and gassed, or they were just shot uh, in the fields or starved to death. Um, so that's the other side uh, of the story in Nazi Germany. So what happened? With all of this effort, from the terrible violence in concentration camps to all the propaganda tools, did any of it change what Germans ate and how they felt about food? In the short term, at least, the answer was no. Most Germans continued to drink a lot of beer, eat a lot of meat when it was available, eat white bread when they could get it, uh, and so on. Um, so they didn't actually manage to remake the way that, you know, uh, 60 million Germans ate. Then, like now, people liked their beer and junk food. Even the Nazis couldn't stop it. However, there were some lasting effects of this surprising partnership between natural foods and the Nazi party. The Nazi party, which became the Nazi state, they forced scientists and doctors and engineers and other kinds of technocratic elites to actually pay attention to what life reformers had been doing for the previous 50 or 60 years. And for some of these scientists and so on, it was the first time that they had ever been forced to truly engage or take seriously what these kooky people, these were people they thought of as kooky, what they were doing. Um, and many of them, after the war, after, uh, after 1945 and the Nazi regime fell, they became very influential functionaries both in West Germany and in East Germany. Um, and so after the war, many of them actually continued this process of co-opting life reform practices and rebranding them in new ways. For the story on where the natural foods movement went from there, you'll have to check out Chaitel's forthcoming book, Eating Nature. The Nazi relationship to organic foods is just one chapter in a long history of food in Germany, a history that reveals something Tritel believes to be true everywhere. Right now in the U.S., at least in public opinion, organic foods and natural eating seems to be pretty lefty and paired up with liberal ideas. 
But these movements are what Tritel calls politically promiscuous, and that continues to be true around the world. Natural foods and farming emerged with particular strength in the German context, but I think that they are something that are here to stay for a while. This fascination with eating naturally is something that has recurred periodically, not just in Germany, but in Britain, France, the United States. It's popping up in um, other countries as they, you know, come to eat in a modern way. And I think the take-home message from the German from the German case, at least, is that natural foods and farming has political associations all over the map. What you what you see now here may not be what you see somewhere else at some other time. It bounces from the far left to the far right, back and forth, back and forth. The Germans are very typical, I'd say, in that respect. Many thanks to Corinna Tritel for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, please visit our website, holdthatthought.wusdl.edu. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, PRX, and SoundCloud, or search for us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening.